Ask the Podcast Coach for April 23rd, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com and joining me right over there from the average guy.tv and home gadget geeks the one and only jim cullison jim how's it going buddy greetings dave happy saturday morning to you always good to be back on a kind of a drizzly dreary day but not lots of sunshine here at us the podcast coach always yeah lots of sunshine they they the the woman in the tube from amazon teased me with uh the words 80 degrees today, and I will believe mm-hmm. it when I see it. But uh, it's kind of nice. The way this works, if you're new to the show, if you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live, and of course, if you're hearing that now, well, you're already there. Uh, you can watch us live, or if you want to jump in and ask a question, you just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, and uh, we'll answer your question live. And uh, Jim is letting me know he's thirsty, and I've got two blue buttons. Oh wait, this, we need this one. Ah. You, oh, did you already pour? <laughs> well, I started, then stopped, and it drizzled all. Oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, well. Okay, let's try it again. Right, we'll Here do we this again. So I know that, and I think it's this button. It is. That's the one where I tell you about Mark from PodcastBranding.com. He's a guy that not only is he an award-winning graphic artist and a podcaster, he's going to take the time to sit down with you one-on-one and study your website, study your podcast, and make sure that your branding fits your, like, well, I don't know, brand, your show. You don't want your show to be, hey, how to deal with grief, and then it's all sunshine and rainbows. That's not going to work. And Mark's going to make sure that your brand fits your show. I was doing something uh, last night. I was getting ready to make new business cards for PodFest, and I uploaded my logo, and I was like, man, that was money so well spent. So, Remember, they see you before they hear you. So if you want to uh, go over and uh, check out Mark, he's at podcastbranding.co. He, it is the one and only place to go. Big thanks to our good friend over there, Dan LeFebvre over there at based on a true story podcast.com. If you're looking for a new podcast to listen to and something, you know, movies, TVs, TV shows based on a true story, you can get all the facts. And Dan does a nice job and he's a super nice guy. Head over to, maybe that's a reoccurring theme among our supporters, Dave, is they're just super nice guys. They're super nice guys. That's it. Yeah, well, based on a true story podcast.com. In, in my opinion, I think a core ingredient, a core value of a good podcaster is somebody who, A, is a nice person and generally wants to serve their audience. I think that's like a key ingredient. And one key ingredient that I wanted to talk about today is shame. And I, there was an article that came out today, well, not today, this week, about pod fading. And I was kind of confused by it because it insinuated that we are shaming pod faders. Like if you pod fade, we say it in such a negative way. Like, oh, and then there's, oh, you know. they pod faded. They oh, pod faded. Losers. And I was like, is that how we're coming across? Because it was kind of like, hey, Joe Schmo, potential podcaster, may not jump in 
if he hears, you know, Jim and I going, oh, pod fade, oh, of course, man, you know, and I'm like, I don't know that we're doing that. So it, I hope, I hope not. Like, I, I hope not because 99 point, no, a hundred percent of all podcasts will end at some yes. point, right? Either through natural causes, causes exactly. or unnatural causes, right? So they're all going to end. So I hope we're not. I hope the industry. Now, when I say we, I don't mean you and me, because we're we we would never do that. But no. um, I hope the industry is not shaming people because it's you know it's sometimes start for a couple and end it. That's okay. Like yeah. do it for a series. That's fine. I remember it doesn't you know. Yeah. There was a show called S Town. I think it had seven episodes in it. That was it. It was planned that way. Like it was a story, yeah. and they yeah. they did the thing. And so I usually if I get mad about pod fading it's not the podcaster it's the free media host that has probably like literally thousands of one episodes where the person's going test 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 i i think this is recording yep yep oh yeah i see it and then they publish it i'm like okay can we any chance we can get that down because that's the only episode that they had like they tested it, and, and to that, I say kudos. You did more than most people. You actually got out there and put your voice out there. But that's, for me, when I go, yeah, somebody pod faded. And I'm like, in theory, see, part of me wants to say they shouldn't have started anyway because they didn't really start. They just tested the equipment. And Yeah, but that's the value of an open system where right. people have choices and not companies have choices to publish that, right? So. You're going to get that if you're going to, if we truly want the system to be open and accessible to everyone, that's the, that's one of the, that's one of the consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. No. And I think it's okay. Like, I think I I don't, I don't get as, uh, as, you know, worried about all those being out there and affecting search, whatever. I think most people are finding podcasts from other podcasters or from advertising or I, I think search is pretty worthless at this point. I think most people aren't finding podcasts that way. I think it's it's advertising or word of mouth. So in that case, I don't think it matters. Yeah. And they can go out there and do it. I used to worry about it cluttering up the space, but right. my thought is we talked a couple of weeks ago about especially in Apple, it's number of subscribers, um, how many people actually played the episode and how many total subscribers they have. Well, if it's a test test Blah, blah, blah. That person's not going to be ranking high. So I don't know that they're cluttering up the search. But that's the, uh, yeah. DR makes a good comment. She says, but I think of, she thinks of pod fade implies to that it's ending before the podcaster initially intended to. Um, like they got overwhelmed or needed outsourced. No, I, well, and, and that's fine that you, if that's what you think. I, from an industry perspective, I think we've always talked about it. When you pod fade, you're just ending it. You're you're ending the show. I have six seasons of Theme Thursday at Gallup. We are done doing those. I have pod faded those. They're they're done. Yeah. So that's interesting though that she sees it that way. I think that's an indication, Dave, of how maybe we've as a as a whole tweaked that word. Well, to me, a pod because the word is fade because you ended it. That's like an official ending when you're like, and this is the last episode. Thanks so oh, much for tuning true. in. A pod that's fade true. is, I mean, I have the classic, The Musician's Cooler, better known as the Marketing Musician Podcast. I played part one of my interview with Matt Gibson and never published part two. 
I just ran yeah. out of steam, didn't care. So you never end it. And I, and I never, never I, I didn't end it. And a, your audience is like going, are we ever going to hear part two of Matt? I'm like, no, no, we're not. I'm done. And I never went back and said, hey, thanks so much for listening for 10 years. I'm tired of this. The music business is in shambles and I'm out of here. See you, bye. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that's the thing. And that's just the person that in some cases, I mean, we all know the number one reason, right? Babies, babies come along. Oh, yeah. Pod yeah. fade goes up. That's that's you know, that's the key there. So or at least one of the keys. So let me make sure I understand the definition. So we're saying pod fading is when you never it's when you just leave. You just leave. I, there's a term for that, but I'm afraid it would it, somebody would take offense to it. But um, so you just leave without saying goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're. That's a pod fade. I think that right? was the you original stop. one. Um, yeah. Okay. Somebody right. Google that. Makes that. Sense, I know it was created by Scott. Fletcher, um, he invented that term, uh, and it was a case okay. where people just kind of just quit, and there was no like, there was no last episode. It's kind of like when you're watching some sort of TV show, and there's a big cliffhanger at the end of you know season two, and then it turns out they were canceled, and there is no season three, and you're like, but there's like, oh, so. Uh, but okay, so let's say it, it is that definition, right? Okay, let's let's just say it is. Is that is it so wrong? To, no, that, like, that to me, I mm-hmm. I've always viewed pod fading as the same word as retired or quit. And you know, I uh, I've tried yoga many times. I have yoga faded because uh, it's <laughs> not. It's much easier. It's not as easy as it looks. And the older you get, it's not as fun. Um, so yog faded something. I don't know. Super funny in that context. <laughs> Yoga fader. I'm a marathon fader. Yeah, that's I right. ran some marathons. And then one day I just decided I wasn't going to do it. Do anymore. it I, didn't, I just stopped running. I didn't announce I it to running. anybody. I didn't announce a retirement. I didn't. Uh, yeah. Now um, I did see somebody in Facebook said, how do you deal with podcast fatigue? And I think my man, Jim Collison has the key to this one. And that is every now and then you just take a break. And I don't even think you're doing the, you know, you're not following the the Dave Jackson subscribed, you know, you must announce you're taking a break thing. You just take a break. And so far, has anyone hit you in the mouth? No, no one's punched me in the face. Yeah. So no. apparently no. that's okay. Yeah, you um, take some time off. You get a step away. The hard part is stepping away and coming back. We know that's hard with anything in life. Like when you... You know, when you take a break and then if, if you're having trouble getting back, I think that's a good sign. Like maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to hang it up just for now. It never has to be in, like, it never has to be permanent. You yeah, can, you can hang always it say I'm taking years, a break. Come back it, I mean, know? how many times has Ozzy done the last tour ever or the who they're like, that's it. Phil we're Collins. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many times has Phil Collins retired? And, and he's saying again right now. Okay. I mean, the guy, the poor guy can barely move yeah. at this point. But he, he keeps saying, you know, I mean, his last tour was I'm not dead yet. Yeah. That's the that was the name of the I'm tour, not right? Dead yet. So you can, yeah, you can. I think you can come and go as you please. You yeah. don't have to even announce it. Like you know, yeah. Do what you want. So, uh, Vegan PT says, but if you do no longer want to do one of your shows, should you stop and not say anything, or should you come up with these sopping episode? I want to thank everyone for as the podcast coach. Um, My mom. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to end it, if this is the final one, 
here's the thing you you definitely want to do. Say, hey, I want to thank you. I've been doing the musicians or the marketing musician for 11 years. I've said about all I need to say about this. But if you want to follow me, I also do a show called Blah Blah. So if you're moving to something else or if you have something else or just, hey, if you want to contact me, here's my email or whatever. Uh, so uh, it, the the bottom line is it's your show. You can do whatever you want. I've done both. Um, you, yeah, know, you can I, make a nice a nice finale. We didn't for season six of Theme Thursday. We didn't. And you know, that one's got, you know, we were getting... You know that that the whole that whole series has about a million and a half downloads. So like, there's there's an audience that follows that, and we never really I didn't want to close the door because we may come back to it, right? You know, so you know, you do a big you do a big farewell and then unretire. That's a little weird. Why can't you just say we're done for now? I mean, yeah. I have a Mike Weger, my co-host on Home Gadget Geeks, has children, <laughs> and he's made it long way longer than I thought he ever would with these kids. Like. He started having kids. I thought I was going to lose him. He had one. I thought he was gone. Nope. Stayed around. Had two. I thought for sure he right. is gone. Nope. Stayed around. So I don't know. A month ago or so, he's like, I, I, I the, the day has come. You told me this day would come. <laughs> and and as, a, as a host, I was really open with him. I said, yeah. Mike, I don't want you doing, like, I do not want you sacrificing right. your family. Hashtag family you know, first, man. Thing. No, right on. I, I don't, you know, so you tell me when that day comes. So he says, hey, that day has come. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to make a big deal. I'm going to thank you on the show for your five years of time here. And I think we're, we may even be going over there next weekend to spend time with them. But I said, we're going to just kind of gently close it up. That leaves you, it, it, like, if there's a chance yeah. you come back in the future, like, you know, we don't have to unretire you type deal. So yeah. I think soft closings are good. I don't think you have to end it and say, this is it. I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore type deal. I mean, just, Close it up. Yeah, I, it. I had a show called Weekly Web Tools, and I did it for years. And then it just came to a point where the tools I were finding, I didn't really get excited about. And I just said, hey, here's the deal. I'm going to a when I find something cool schedule. So if you want to unsubscribe, that's fine. It's not going to be weekly anymore. Um, I said, but when I find something cool, I'll tell you about it. And if you don't see an episode... It's because I didn't find something cool. <laughs> I said so. And nobody hit me in the face. You know, it was like, okay. Know. So, yeah. You might get some negative comments. I mean, l- look at Tom Brady. I mean, he <laughs> retired. <laughs> That's true. Right. Perfect example. You can do it. If Phil Collins and Tom Brady can do it. Anybody can do it. Yeah. There have been, well, uh, Motley Crue. Remember, they did a thing. I think they signed it in blood. We will never tour again. Oh. Unless we're out of money, apparently, or something. Because dangerous, dangerous words. Yeah. The uh, well, the guitar player has a physical. He has uh, something that ends in spondylitis. It's a weird curvature of the spine thing that's really, really painful. Spondy is the fun term. If you have that disease, you, you talk about spondy. Uh, I know because a member of the school of podcasting has a very popular show in that little bubble. Right, he is the podcast about that disease, and uh, one of the most famous people that have it. One was Ed Sullivan. So, if you ever wonder why Ed was going to like his, his back was all jacked up, and uh, so was McMars. So, there you go. Not not our Ed Sullivan, the original, no, the original Ed, Ed Sullivan. Sullivan yes, he's going to listen to this, and he'll be like, "Wait, I told you not to tell anybody <laughs> that." <laughs> so, yeah, that's a HIPAA violation right there. The other thing. Um, 
just with fatigue, my thing that I've found is uh, what I've done a couple times to avoid it is I will take an evening to see if there are other sources of in like information. Cause sometimes it's like, I don't know what to talk about. So maybe I'll go find a blog with a lot of really cool things. I'm like, Ooh, I should talk about that. So there's that. And then whatever you're going to use Evernote or OneNote or just the note thing, jot down those ideas when you get them, because there's nothing worse than when you're like, Oh, I've got time to record now. Oh, what was I going to talk about that? That can kind of help a little bit, but you know, as Jim said, there's there's a time when if you're like, oh, I got to make the podcast, maybe it's time to take a break. Maybe that's a red flag that, you know, you're ready to move on to podcast number two or just take a break or, you know, go see those things called, um, what is it again? Uh, oh, that's right. Your kids. Yeah. You might want to go yeah. make sure they know. Or who, people. Yeah. Family. People. Yeah. Just spend some time with humans. <laughs> Come out of you your know, cave. Or, and it's fine if you do it with your, with your dog and cat too. They need some love. Uh, Kyle says boredom. Pod Rex, I like that word. Pod Rex, more podcasts than any other reason. And uh, it, yeah, sometimes you run out of things to talk about. I mean, yeah. we always have, we have a chat room. This is why these kinds of shows can go on so long. Because we're, we're podcasting about a space that's dynamic and always changing. We're not trying to do these in-depth, deep reviews on things. So it doesn't, like we're not generating a ton of work during the week to try to have it ready for this or all the production work that's associated with it. And then we have the chat room. And I think that adds enough dynamic content that you could, Dave, I I don't know. I'm As long as there's podcasting, we could do ask the podcast coach. Pretty much. And I mean, are we going to do a thousand episodes? Do you think uh, we're at 387? Yeah. Do you think we could do a thousand? Actually, we're at I, It's a challenge. <laughs> I just realized I didn't change the background. This is oh, actually 388. Three. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's another great person. No worries. Uh, another great example of people retiring and coming back. Ross and Rachel took a break, you know. That didn't work out so well. That uh, was not a break that the, worked out very well. <laughs> <laughs> they did in the end. You know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um yeah, we're we're fine with uh, we're we're done with pod fading and how to. Okay. Uh, but here's the thought: if somebody said, "What is this friends thing you guys are always talking about?" and you go, "Wait, what?" and they go, "Yeah, I I hear people talking about friends. Like, what is it? What would you have? You, are you, are you a big Friends fan? I was in the day, right? Yeah, so, what, what episode would you say? Do Do you have a favorite Friends episode? Ooh, a favorite, a favorite one. That's a, that's a, I don't know if I watched it enough to have a, to know that. I do like the one where Chandler's got, you know, can I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> to me, it would be the couch episode where Ross is screaming, pivot, pivot, pivot. You know, that was pretty uh, funny. So yeah. as a, and trust me, I'm bringing this back to podcasting as uh as somebody who knows the show, you can pick what you think are the best episodes. And if you look at Netflix, in fact, if you're an awesome supporter, you just got a me doing a presentation on what I call binge-worthy. Because I looked into what makes things binge-worthy. And one of them is Netflix has this, and this is where everybody says podcast needs this, but they have a discoverability tool, right? You walk, you log in, like, here's here's the top 10 things in the U.S., so that gives you the old FOMO. Oh my God, I'm missing out. I should watch this so I can talk about it at the water cooler. And then there, here's some things we picked for you. And here's some stuff that you've already been watching. And even though you don't watch it, Jim, have you ever finished a series that you didn't like? 
because you just wanted to finish Ooh. it. No, I'm not that. I'm not that. You're not way. that guy. I usually, it, no, I'm, I fin- I'm not a completist. I did not watch the last season that's still going on of the blacklist, but I forced my. The whole thing of the blacklist is who is Elizabeth's mom. That's that's the, they should rename that. And towards the end of it, I just didn't care anymore. I don't care if it's <laughs> you know, like. But that's um, when you have this kind of open question. That's kind of it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. And that's what, so, um, so Netflix has all these things and I was like, okay, but how does that work in podcasting? And so that's where I'm starting to see more people have a start here button. And that's where you can go in and see what episodes maybe did more than other ones and maybe set up a page that is, you know, got your top 10 hits, the ones that really resonate, or maybe they answer the questions that, uh, you know, your audience is asking. And so that could be kind of, it's not a discoverability tool, but it is a way to get your best content out there. Because if you can give them three episodes, and I'm just pulling that number out of my butt, three episodes that really have them go, wow, that was really good. They're more than likely, hopefully to then follow you. And that's the other Mm -hmm. thing about Mm -hmm. binging is if you think about it, Netflix makes it so easy. In fact, if you're sitting on the couch and you don't have the remote right next to you, when that episode is over, you got about probably about two seconds. It's short. You like go, and then it starts the next episode and you're like, all right, one more. And then you get back on the couch. So they make it easy. And so that's where I'm like, you always need follow and subscribe buttons on your, your website to, uh, to make it easy. But, uh, some yeah. some really good examples of the chat room is some yeah. maybe some binge worthy Uncle Mars says nine hundred two nine hundred two one zero was one of those kinds of shows. Yeah. Everybody loves Raymond. Think about that. Yeah. That's another uh, uh, Seinfeld would be. I've been watching Seinfeld on YouTube. Oh man, they, they cut they cut the parts. You know the the segments down so it's just the segment. It's just the gig right. on it uh, shrinks. What, you know, exactly <laughs> shrinkage. Shrink. I was in the I pool. was in the pool. <laughs> It does that? Well, and here's, and then, <laughs> here's the thing about The Sopranos, uh, Tiger King. If you're not watching um, Succession on HBO, that is su- it's such dark humor. It's about this big family that's running this media, like just, it's like running Time Warner. And the father is the head, and all the kids are fighting each other because they know eventually Pop's going to retire. But if you think about it, if you look at The Sopranos, that's that's another mafia show. We've seen a ton of those. But this guy is going to a shrink. And I don't remember, Hello, Godfather, I got a shrink for you. You can do, you know, talk to someone so she's the girl, she's best. So I don't remember that. Um, the succession is, again, I wonder who's going to, as they're all jockeying to figure out who's going to be the head in in this. So there's that, I wonder what's going to happen next thing. Tiger King. The guy's nuts. One season, you're like, yeah, he's not that bad. And the next episode, you're like, this guy's a nut job. So there's a lot of that wonder what's going to happen next that makes things kind of bingeable. I mean, even Howard Stern in his heyday before he went to satellite radio, there was a thing that said, uh, you know, his listeners listened to X amount of minutes, reason giving. I want to hear what he says next. And then the people that hated his show listened even longer and the reason was, I wonder what's going to happen next. So uh, it's it's binging. As, and then the other thing I was, I've been pointing out, uh, Netflix cancels shows. And if you think about that, Netflix knows who your favorite actors are. 
how long you watch, et cetera, et cetera, and yet they make stuff and it fails. So there is a thing called luck and timing that kind of comes into play. So. Yeah, well, creative. You never know. Like, you, you, you never, I mean, who would have thought in the first couple seasons of Seinfeld it would have become, they're awful. I mean, they're not great. Yeah. And they're kind of weird. And, you know, you're like, mm, the the first season or two of Seinfeld is, I shouldn't say nothing, but it's very different. It's very different than the, when you get to the end, for sure. And I think that thing peaks, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it starts and it peaks and then, you know, it, it, I, I think it kind of went out with a whimper. I don't, you know, the, the finale. The was, finale was awful. Yeah. Was but okay. speaking of this, I've mm-hmm. had this comment for the longest time. I found this in a Facebook group. Podcasters need to understand this one thing. I found this from an article titled, Endure Long Enough to Get Noticed. How many great TV shows have you discovered in season three or later? I started watching Game of Thrones after they had re- released season five. Pat Flynn had released a hundred episodes of his podcast before I even knew he existed. I discovered hardcore history years after Dan Carlin started producing it. This is such a common experience. There's so much content being produced that we can only possibly discover it all. So instead, we wait for the best content to flow to the surface after time. If step one in building an audience is to create great content. Step two is to endure long enough, which kind of fits into what we were talking about earlier, to get noticed. Seth Godin is very generous with his time and will appear on almost any relevant podcast, but you have to record at least 100 episodes first. So, yeah, he's got a great point. I mean, you, you when you brought up Seinfeld, that show almost got canceled after the first season because it was so weird. You know, it's like, wait, there's no real plot. There's, you know, just a bunch of guys in a diner. And then it caught on, and then it just, you're right. It, it was, there was just every week. Well, that was, wasn't it part of must-see TV? Was, no, that was Frasier, oh. Friends. I think Seinfeld might have been in there. I don't remember. But there was a time yeah. when NBC just ruled Thursday night. And you did. You stopped everything. And uh, so. But, that translates pretty well today, too, Seinfeld does. It's not one of those where you, it's a little cringeworthy. You go back and watch some things from the 80s, and you're like, I always love when they pull Ooh. out a flip phone. That's when you know you're watching yeah. something old. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and the, 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 they made, I mean, they made some really good evergreen comedy that seems to stand the test of time. Now, you know, maybe it does for me and it doesn't for others, but I know seem, so, seemingly they've done a nice job. I, I think Kim Kraji is the person I know from Toastmasters101.net that just hates Seinfeld. She just, it just, She's not the target audience. It's not audience. for everybody. Yeah. It's not for everybody. It's a different kind of humor. There's moments I don't like it. You know, you're like, oh, okay, that's a little too far. <laughs> you went a little too far on that one. But, um, you know, and that's, the, see, the good news is, is you, we have all these choices. Like that's like, and we've never had more choices when you think about oh, all the stuff, all the network and cable and streaming services that are creating original content now, plus all the podcasting. Plus all of YouTube, like it is the, this, we, we live in the golden age of original content right now. Like this is the, the, I'm not saying it's the best content, but the, the golden age of original content, man, you can find anything and that scary anything. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I tell you what, we're going to DR throw out a question and I want to, we're going to jump into that. So before we do that. I want to. Uh, we're we're gonna th- we're a little early, but we're gonna thank our awesome supporters. Um, so, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, it is greatly appreciated. By the way, if you go to askthepodcastcoach.com/support, you can see the awesome people over there. Go check out their shows. 
and of course, we want to thank. There we go. I was close. James from the Dog Podcast Network. Uh, if you have a hound, a pooch, a mutt, uh, I'm running out of names for dogs. Got to go over to dogpodcastnetwork.com. They've got long shores, short, short shows. Say that three times fast. All about your dog and its health, especially. I didn't realize that one of the killers, the top killers of dogs is cancer. So they actually have a show just about dog cancer. So if you're having a really good day and want to get bummed out, go listen to dog cancer. It will definitely, uh, but on the other hand, you might find some things that makes your dog's life longer. So that's a good thing. So check it out over at dog podcast, dog dot com and uh ask the podcast coach runs on pod page if you want to check it out for free there's a free course at trypodpage.com actually i take that back trypodpage.com will take you to pod page if you want to learn pod page go to learnpodpage.com and if you just can't get enough jim Collison and you know it's hard to do go over to the average guy TV and check out Home Gadget Geeks. And when you think podcasting, think School of Podcasting at schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks again to all of our awesome supporters. You can be an awesome supporter by going over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. And now I got to go find her question because it was a good one. Um, yes. And this may lead to my question of the day, podcast discoverability. I'd love to know your thoughts. Jim, you want to go first or you want me to go on a rant? Uh, so think about your rant for a okay. second. Right. Uh, uh, you know, there's some who say we have a discoverability problem and there's some who say we don't. And I, I don't I kind of land somewhere in the middle. We always got to be working on it. We've got to do all the things. I think sometimes we have to act like there is a discoverability problem, but then continue to just create content. Don't get too fixate on it like there isn't. And so do everything that you can from a discoverability standpoint, do everything you can to be discovered. Put yourself everywhere you can, set yourself up in a way to get for the best discoverability, making sure you're doing some great uh, SEO on your website, make sure you're producing great show notes, all of those things. But but at the end of the day, do we or don't we? I think we just keep arguing about that, don't we? You know, from well, a well, I space got, perspective. Uh Tanner Campbell and I got into this discussion and I found that discoverability is a tool that knows your likes, much like Netflix, and recommends things based on your previous listening habits. That is discoverability. That's what they're talking about. And I'm like, okay, so I need something that knows my likes and dislikes and recommends things that I would like. I have a discoverability tool. It's called my friends. It really is. Uh, now, I saw where Spotify is kind of putting together some sort of TikTok-looking scrolling thing. So that means, again, you have to figure out what clip it is. And if it does it automatically, that means it's probably crap. And I just, to me, is there a movie discoverability problem? Yes, because there are probably a lot of movies that get released, and I don't know about it. So what do they do? They advertise and they they force their movie in front of you wherever you are. And then you go to the movie. And if it's good, what do you do? You tell a friend. Like today I said Succession and I saw where DR was like, love that show. So somebody's going to see that. And like, wow, a lot of people, when Dave brought up Succession, I might have to check that out on HBO. 
So I, I don't think that – when I hear people say there's a discoverability problem, I hear it as nobody's finding my show. And I want to blame somebody besides me that my show is not succeeding. And the other thing is it may not be that it's not – It maybe it is succeeding. They went from 30 listens to 40 listens. And then they went from 40 to 42. And they're like, good God, at this case, it's going to take three years to get a decent audience. And I go – uh huh. You know, and it's just so I don't, I am on the fence of I know, yes, there is no official technology that is recommending shows based on AI. Yep, definitely not there. Do I think that would work? It would be better than nothing. But to me, the number one discoverability tool are your friends and family. That's how I hear about new podcasts. I probably twice a year go into an app and actually search for podcasts about podcasting. But I rarely go in and like, oh, I need a show about pygmy ponies. Let me search. I search Google. That's the other one. I'm like, if there's a show that somebody says, does anybody know if there's a show about Frisbee golf? I go to Google. I type in Frisbee golf podcast. And lo and behold, there's a show about Frisbee golf. So then that's where I go. How can you say there's a discoverability problem? And that's where they're talking about algorithms that recommend stuff. Because I'm like, I can discover a podcast on any topic using this thing called Google. So I, uh, you know, that's, that's my yeah. thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, and, and DR says it's weird, but none of her friends listen to podcasts. So she was on one of those apps mm. for friends or, you know, it's, it's, to, you're, you're trying to use technology to see what your friends are listening to. By the way, I never found that very useful. I'm different than my friends. Good pods. I'm hearing more and more about, and Good Pods has been around again. I'm going to guess about three years, and I remember they kind of got—I don't know if they got mad, but I, I, you know me, I've been saying for years, you will pry Overcast from my cold dead hands, and they said, "Oh, you can share what you're listening in Overcast into Good Pods," and I was like, "That's awesome! I will use it." And then it didn't work, and I said that publicly, and I, it may work now, but three years ago. It, that that feature did not work. But if it did, I'd use it all the time because it is – they email me. I have a good pods thing, and they're like, here's what your friends are listening to. And I'm like, not going to listen to it, not going to listen to it, not going to listen to it. So, mm-hmm. A, I, now, to their credit, I, I'm not over there going, what am I – I need to add more friends probably to my account. But it's – I love the idea of good pods. It's very much like Goodreads, which is a very popular site for people that like books. So they're trying to recreate that. So – if you're well, she and she clarifies, she says, that was my question. I don't want to blame anyone. I want a checklist of what I can do. Right. So as we think about if I'm to be discovered, Dave, what, what are the minimum, in your opinion, what are the minimum requirements for a podcaster to make sure they can be discovered? The thing I see over and over at working at Libsyn that I just and it's weird because I'm there for tech support, not consulting. But when I see episode 13, that's the name of their show. The name of the episode is episode 13. And I'm like, there's got to be one takeaway that you could make. So your title is uh, important. And that's the one that I personally, I'm always coming up with a title at the end. I should flip that. I should come up with a title and then make content that reinforces my title. Um, I've talked about that. Or a combination of both. Yeah. We, we kind of do that at Gallup. So we get an idea f- for the Eventbrite title and then we do the content and then we say, did we nail it with the Eventbrite title? And if we didn't, we change the title 
to be what we did do. So you can be agile in that. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the idea of trying to nail it down in the beginning because Dave, then you're limiting what you're going to say. And you might have a, some brilliant things to say in your podcast. I don't know if I'd limit that with the title, just change the title, but title is important. Yeah, it's an I, important. It is super important piece. Well, I've seen people that have gone from episode sixteen, episode seventeen to something, and it like tripled their their downloads. So there's that. There's an author field in your media host, and if you're doing interviews with people, definitely put your name in as the author, comma, like on Ask the Podcast Coaches, Dave Jackson, comma Jim Collison. So because that's a searchable field, the only thing that Apple searches is the name of your show the name of your episode, and the author field. Do not put keywords in your author field or they will kick you out like nobody's business. So there's that. Um, I think you need a paragraph at least in your description to explain to people what how they're going to benefit from listening to that episode. Then on your website, go to town. There is no limit. Like to me, it should be at least 300 words. And if you're doing an interview and it's 10 minutes, I realize that's kind of hard. But again, just in this episode, we learn blank, 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 blank. And then the rest of the text could be be sure to follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Android and have links to those things everywhere. It's all about the follow and subscribe. Make sure it's there. And then make sure on your website, it's easy to share the podcast because in every app, there's a share button. But on your website, there isn't. And then quit sending people to Linktree. Ugh. Sent, said the guy that if you go to powerofpodcasting.com right now, you go to my Linktree. But if you want people to remember your brand, say, oh, you can subscribe to my show at schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. There you go. It, just another way to reinforce your brand. And if more people link to that, that's more Google juice. So there's all sorts of things you can do to uh, be found. But what I see is episode 16. In this episode, Tony talks to Pete about racing. And that's it. And then there's nothing in the author field. There's nothing. This this won't help you be found. But there is an episode number field. You could put the episode number in there because in theory – you're going to be able to ask the woman in your iPhone to play your podcast and actually say the episode number. But if you're not putting in the episode numbers, mm. you can't do that. Don't put episode numbers in the Apple title field because Apple gave you, you guessed it, an episode number. So put that there. Those are just super easy things that I'm like, why are you putting episode numbers in the Apple title? When, you know, but again, people, and this this comes back to, Kind of, I'm going to slightly shift gears. Podcasting 101, realize that your media host, whoever that is, Blueberry, Captivate, Buzzsprout, Libsyn, that's where your stuff lives. Apple, Google, Spotify are simply mirrors of whatever is in your media host. But you have to submit your show to once to all those platforms. And what I'm seeing is we've gone from one extreme to, hey, I want to get my extra stats in Apple, or in Apple, Google, and Spotify, and Stitcher. And you find out that, hey, Anchor submitted your show for you. You don't have access to that. Shouldn't have let them do that. Now, there are they've completely done a 360. And I saw somebody today, Acast uh, automatically submitted me to Spotify, but I don't see my show on Apple. Right. You you should be submitting your show to Apple and Google and Spotify and Stitcher. It only takes less than a half hour 
And so it's weird. We've gone from, hey, I can't get my stats to why am I not listed in these places? And like, it's part of launching your show. You want to, and it, it literally, it takes almost no time to submit your show to, and those are the big four, Apple, Google, Spotify, and uh, Amazon. So, but I just, and I get it. When you start a podcast, you know, you don't need to understand how podcasting works to start a podcast. So you kind of just assume that when you hit publish, it went everywhere. And that's not the way it works. You got to, one time you have to submit your show for approval. And then once you're approved, then you should actually launch your show. So at any rate, did I miss any fun questions in the chat room? I did see one from Cauldron. Uh, and Jim, any thoughts on that, on uh, kind of podcasting yeah. one and Well, I and- just think you need to be everywhere you can be. And, you know, I, I, I submit the podcast to a couple other platforms um, just to make sure, you know, I do, I do have one on Anchor just to be out there. One, I want to kind of follow what's going on out there. Um, but there, so I try to make sure it's getting in, including, um, sound, um, SoundCloud mm. and I don't, you know, I don't pay for it, but I delete one and, you know, cause you only get three hours. So I delete one, put it up there. You never know. You never know where that's going to land or what, what that's going to do. So I'm kind of a fan of, and this could, there are some folks who don't agree with me on this for sure. I'm kind of a fan to get it out everywhere that I possibly can. Knowing, and I, you know, I bury links back to my website in the description so that if the, the very first thing they see would my web would be my website, if they need to come, hey, full notes and transcriptions upon request at boom at this link if you need these things. So I, I just think you got to kind of get them out there. I probably get, I bet I get a hundred extra listens an episode from all the other platforms that I do. You know, I spend three minutes uploading them to right and. So, well, I don't know. Is a hundred worth it to you? That's, I think that's the question, you know, that you gotta, uh, that you gotta um, ask yourself that it's a little bit extra work. I listen to another podcast while I'm producing mine. And so I, gives me a chance to kind of do, get two for one. So yeah. that's, I, I guess that's what I did. The other thing is, it's kind of interesting because you'll see where a media host will say, we syndicate your show to all these platforms. And you, to me, I kind of go, uh, yeah, that's like, I don't know, a restaurant going, hey, and we will serve you food. You're like, yeah, that's what a restaurant is. So when I see a media host going, we syndicate your show, you're like, yeah, that's what a media host does, kids. Come on now. But I also am now seeing automatic syndication. And that's where I'm like, hold on. You better ask them because uh, I had a, a member of the School of Podcasting that had been on different platforms. And every time he, he moved his show there, they submitted his show to Apple so he was an Apple three times and I had to walk him through getting that out of there. So be careful when you see things like we automatically submit your show. You're like, mm, can you like, yeah. are you doing just that weird, stupid marketing thing that doesn't make any sense? Cause everybody does that. Or are you actually submitting my show again? So that's, and it was really, to be clear, it was really just anchor doing this, right? We don't, there's not a lot of other, do you right. know of others that are, I saw, I saw it? one that I was like, what does that mean? Let me go to their website before I say their name. Cause I don't want to, I'm just, not, I'm not throwing them under the bus. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, anchor stopped doing this, right? They, in fact, they went the other direction. They're like, we're doing nothing. You need to do everything now. Yes. Right? So they've, they've backtracked. On so that. I, I'm not saying this is bad and I'm not saying it's good. I just kind of go, 
like asterisks here. This is rss.com, and I know the guy's over there, but it says one-time submission to top podcast directories made easy. Now, that's exactly how I want it worded, made easy. Automatic distribution of your episodes to all the podcast listening platforms, including Amazon. So again, this sounds really cool, but that's what a media host does. Like once you've submitted it, it should automatically distribute. Google and Samsung podcast with rss.com. So that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But I have seen, there was somebody else I saw that I was like, hmm. But when I see, uh, see, they have it great. One-time submission to top podcast directories. Made easy, meaning you have to do it. But they made it easy. Yeah. So, But that's really, making it easy is the you have to copy and paste your feed. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. hard it is. It's not <laughs> when they say it's made easy. I'm like, it's kind of already easy. Just, just for the record. Miss um, Eileen says uh, Spreaker has a way you can submit to Apple from their dashboard. They do. In fact, they have, I don't know, 16, maybe that's not too many, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. To help you get in audible and Amazon. And it's, it's kind of all the major players and even some minor players there. So those are as well. For the Gallup podcast, and we have a bunch of them, I do for Apple and Google and Spotify, tune in um, some of those, right? I, I, the iHeart submission. No, I use the Spreaker iHeart submission. So I use, I submit to those. And then I'll use Spreaker for some of the other ones where I don't, I just want to get them over there, right? So I kind of choose the ones. We have an Apple account that we use to make sure they're all landing in the right spot. We have a Google account, same, same kind of deal. I want to own the big ones. Uh, some of this Deezer, there's no, there's no reason for me to monkey around with that. Just submit it to Deezer so it's there. Right, and that's one of those things, again, you, you kind of do it once and, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Once you're approved, when you do a new episode, it automatically uh, shows up. I'm trying to find... On podcastconsultant.com, somebody said, where are all these places? Well, number one, if you're hosting with Libsyn using the coupon code SOP free, we make it really easy to do it right from your dashboard aside from Apple, Google, and Stitcher. And the rest, you have to go to their website if your media host doesn't do that. And I know I have at podcastconsultant.com, I just can't find it. There's an episode like what are the top directories to submit to or something like that. But I will... Later, if you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash 388, I will have that in the show notes. But And that's one where I remember when Ghana came on, I was like, Ghana's in India. I'm like, India? Like, who wants to listen to my show in India? Uh, about 300 people a month, apparently, because they, you know, they do speak English in India. And the last time I checked, there's a lot of people in India. So it's one of those things that, again, it took me all of 10 seconds in Libsyn to go – add, pretend to read the terms of service, uh, I approve and click save, and you're done. And then it's a matter of anywhere from uh, three to, well, in some cases, 24 hours. I know uh, Apple, Apple gives you a link before you get out of the dashboard now. That's interesting. You go submit, it's like, all right, it's done, and here's your link. And you're like, wow, that's kind of cool. But I know Spotify is like 24 hours, and the rest are somewhere between three to five business days. I did want to quickly hit, Cauldron had this question. Um, Is it true that the average stat at 30 days is 150 downloads? The average, and this is ishy, this is very ishy, the median, meaning 50% get more and 50% get less, according to Libsyn.com, is 150. 
the average ish is around fifteen hundred, so one thousand five hundred, and that goes anywhere down to thirteen hundred, and goes up to anywhere seventeen hundred. So that's always I like fifteen hundred because it's kind of in the middle, but that again depends on your show, right? If I'm doing the Pygmy Pony in India show. I might get 20 downloads because there are only 20 people in India that are into pygmy ponies. But if I'm doing the, hey, we're all fat show, uh, I'm probably going to get a whole lot more downloads because, well, we're all fat. And so that's uh, that's it. And then Kyle brings up a good point. He says, the key is control. Does auto submission give you control? That's my question. So if you're joining a media host that is touting auto submission. I'd just be like, before I hit okay on that, can you let me know? And just realize, I would love to know how Spreaker does it. You must have to, if they're still giving you control, that means somewhere in the Spreaker dashboard, you're putting in your login name and password to Apple, which breaks their terms of service. Unless they found some sort of way to do it. So, And with the new um, follower stats, in Apple, I did look at those. I, I I checked them out a couple of times this week just to see what was going on. It's a it's a lovely stat to just obsess over and that whole nine yards. So I don't know, It'd be fun. Oh, here's a fun thing. I found out it's a European thing. I have two shotgun mics from Rode, and the hole in the bottom. I bought this thing again. I clean my desk and I can't find anything. Rode makes a thing that. It's it's like it's one large screw into a smaller screw, and this whole thing it's like an adapter thing. And I bought that for twenty bucks. Still cannot put this shotgun on a microphone stand. And it turns out, apparently, I'm going to say Europe. I could be wrong, but somewhere not in the U.S. They use a bigger hole. It's five eighths inch, and you can buy these little things at Sweetwater.com, which I did. Uh, that is five eighths in. You screw it in, and then there's a hole in the bottom that is three eighth inch, which is what we use in the U.S. But for the longest time, I'm just like, nope, that, nope, that's too big. Still too big. Not gonna work. But uh, and I always order from Sweetwater. In a weird, I'm not like anti Amazon. I mean, I, I'm an Amazon Prime user. But I, number one, because uh, Sweetwater's in Indiana, and I swear someday I'm gonna take like a three day vacation. And just go there and just walk around their store because it's humongous. They have this giant store that I want to uh, check it out. I didn't really have a retail outlet. Yeah, it's nuts. Oh, if you I go to their website, that. it's it's literally like from what it looks like, and that's why I want to see it in person. It looks like somebody took like four or five guitar centers and just put them together. It's like, and here's the band area. And it's just all this clarinets and flutes and trumpets. And then you go, here's the drum store. And it's like, it's just this mammoth store. It's like, holy cow. So, but uh, yeah, so someday I may go over there and uh, check that out. Uh, I just love that they have people who call you. Yeah. Like you make an order and they're like, hey, I'm just here for you. If you've got any questions, I've been assigned to you. And that's just a great, like when you have a question on something, it's just nice to be able to call somebody or email them. And shoot the question. Absolutely. I got to find out where the store is. Mine is... Fort uh, Wayne. Yeah, Fort, Fort Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, so for me, that's... Yeah. I'd have to drive east a bunch to get to Indiana, but uh, it'd be a fun day. Go over, uh, spend the night, wake up, spend the whole day at Sweetwater, and then drive back. 
it's probably for me, I don't know, probably seven hours, five hours, something like that. Indiana's not that far away. And and when you get on the it's east coast of the U.S., it's uh, the like I can drive through the entire state of Ohio in four hours. It's not that huge. So, but uh, I went through Fort Wayne when I was going out to Boston two years ago. I drove through Fort Wayne, and then uh, darn it, wish I would have known. I stopped yeah. <laughs> in Sweetwater. Here is a fun. Well, here since we're talking about submitting your show to Amazon. And, and all these other places. This was in a Facebook group. Said, I'd like to share with others the big news. Yesterday, Amazon Music invited the Green, the Green Plantain podcast, P-L-A-N, Plantain. I've never heard that word before. Podcast to be part of Amazon Music and Audible, and we accepted. And I say this, I, I kind of have to put on my Dave Jackson Dream Crusher shirt to, uh, to put the uh, Amazon invites. It's like, if... Like you can be an Amazon, you don't really even need an invite. Um, don't do it, Dave. Don't do it. Yeah. Just keep going. So just, keep just, going. just letting you know to the green plantain. I'm like, not that you're not special. We're all special in our own little way. Here's a fun question from Joe in a Facebook group. This is probably the podcast movement group, if I remember right. How do you overcome? This is a hard question. How do you overcome the thousand plus listeners per month plateau? It seems like I'm stuck at my current listenership. And can't grow more. That's a fun question. That is the question if you think about it, right? Yeah, and there's multiple answers to this. There is. Like this is where I, th- you know, this isn't the do one more thing. Oh, that'll push us over the top. You're. By the way, I think the number one reason why podcasts don't grow is because the topic is not going to allow for it. You've you've reached a niche. It, maybe this isn't your niche, but I think this this is what you have to consider. Do, you know, you're only going to reach a certain percentage of the of the audience that is a allow or not allowable, but that is available to you around the world. And the the less you advertise, the less you're out there, less spaces you're in, the harder that's going to be. But if your topic is niche, it's going to limit automatically the number of listeners that you have. The second thing is your style is going to limit the number of listeners you're going to get, and maybe you just don't have a style that people like listening to for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it may not be, I'm not for everybody. Dave and I are not for everybody. We, you know, we get 30 or 40 or 50 to join us live and a couple hundred, whatever it is on the, on the downloads. There's certainly more podcasters out there, but the, 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 our style is such, and we've probably gotten Dave, everyone who's going to listen to listen, we'll find onesies and twosies in the podcasting space over the next two years or whatever we do. But we've probably reached our theoretical max on this, just to be honest. We've, look, we've been doing this for five years, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it, anybody who had a chance to listen to it has. Those that like it stay around. Those that don't, don't. So I think those are the two big limiting factors that most people don't think about. One, what's my available audience for this? And two, what's my style? Cause, and, well, and you, you, you know. kind of hit on it. What's my available audience? And let's say it's 5,000 people. Great. How many of those 5,000 people listen to podcasts? That's the other factor. Because if you're dealing with uh, retirement planning and your audience is 65 and above, you might have an issue. You might might want to make sure you got players on your website. Uh, as someone who deals with uh, somewhat, um, oh, what's the word? On the back nine, 
of people, uh, sometimes they need a little push to uh, to get them going in the, the right direction. But my other thing on that would be whatever you're doing, great. But is there anything else you could be doing? Like, is there something you haven't tried? Because if you've hit a plateau, okay, great. But like, you know, we, we have our numbers, whatever they are. If somebody said, Dave, what do you do to promote Ask the Podcast Coach? I go, uh, nothing. I talk about it occasionally. I kind of hope people like uh, Eliquity loves the show. And she tells everybody, like, she doesn't tell people about the school of podcasts. She's like, oh, you got to listen to Ask the Podcast Coach. And I'm like, yes. So, yes. so you go from travel. I hate that free. school of podcasting. It's <laughs> such a competitor to this show. Oh. Uh, so, um, you know, I always say when it comes to promoting, A, you have to know clearly, like crystal clear, who your audience is, go to where they are, make friends, and then tell them about your show. And you know, and then when in doubt, like Jim always likes to say, and I, I'm starting to agree more and more, if you really want your name out there and you want to get it in front of the people you want to get it in front of, there's this thing called advertising. But just make sure your show is good first. Don't blow money on promoting a, something that people like, ugh. So, but, uh, so keep that in mind. And that kind of comes into, I saw somebody, Oh, there was a question in here. Oh, when uploading a new episode, is it a good idea or a bad idea to add hashtags to your description to get more eyes on your show? This is one where I don't, I'm not a big hashtagger. I think I'm too, I'm too old to be into hashtags. Is that hash? You have hash? I, I did hash in the 60s. No, um, I don't know if it's going to hurt. I'll go that route. You can. That That to me, I'm like, I don't think that's what, what is leading growth in podcasting? How did you grow to a thousand downloads? Hashtags, man. Hashtags all the way. Hashtags, hashtags. It's all in the hashtags. Yeah. So yeah. listen, can, if your audience, if your audience can find you that way, do it. Bingo. If yeah. they can't, I would do that don't. more on, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram where hashtags kind of are more, but in the description, I'm not sure. Cause a, if somebody is searching in a podcast in Apple, let's just use Apple. If you put hashtags in your description, they're not going to do anything. Apple doesn't search the description. It searches, you'd have to put the hashtag in the title. And to me, the title is sacred. So if you're going to put that hashtag, put it at the end, at the very, very end of your title, then it might show up in search. But the question is, are people going into podcast apps searching hashtags? So that's a, that's a fun question. But I, I saw this question. I wanted to bring it up. This was from Rob in Podcast Movement. Uh, hello, everyone. I edit and mix my four-person podcast on GarageBand, and I've always thought we sounded okay. But now I think it sounds a little stale. Am I using too much compression? We are all using different mics, but I'm the main host, and I use a Shure SM. Uh, I use a Shure MV7. I feel like other podcasts sound more like they're in the room with you, and others feel processed. If you have some time, could you listen and let me know? Uh, if you're an expert, I would be willing to pay you, blah, blah, blah. So I went over and I listened, and one of the guys is talking like this. It's not bad, but if he just moved the microphone a little closer, like I could still hear him, but it went from him being in my head to, okay, I'm in the room with them and he's over in the corner. The other thing is, one of the cool things that's kind of fun about the band Metallica is they can go from playing something very slow, then all of a sudden they'll go, and all of a sudden, so for something to sound fast, it has to be next to something slow. And so 
when you, the person with the MV7, is going through a roadcaster with a ton of compression and five plugins, and then your buddy comes on with a headset mic and sounds like this, it's going to be that much more apparent. So that's, I've never really thought about this much, but if I was doing a show where everybody was in the same room, I kind of go like, hey, why don't we all get, we'll all chip in 80 bucks and we'll get a Samsung Q2U. So we all have the same mic. I don't think that's a make or break thing, but if somebody has a not so great microphone and somebody has a really, really great microphone, I think it's going to be that much more apparent. And I think that's more acceptable if you have a mic and your, let's say your guest is on an actual phone. So they have the phone going, yes, Dave, I'm glad to be on the show. I'll kind of accept that because I know they're on the phone. But if they're using a microphone, there's a part of me that might be listening through the ears of a podcaster that goes, Ee. I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm 100% with you on this one. There's, I, I really wouldn't add too much to it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you're, everything you're saying is true. Yeah. The other thing that I heard this week, and this is one of the things I love about Libsyn, is I get to listen to at least a minute of a lot of podcasts. And this is, and I understand how it happens and why it happens, is the intro that you made, whatever, 47 episodes ago, and it comes on, and you know, you're welcome to, and, and it's this kind of thing where somebody's coming on and they're like, yeah, welcome to the podcast where the thing is going to... And then when they come on the show, they're like, all right, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about... And you're like, wait, what? And what it is, is when you made your intro, you weren't that good. And you're probably either... It just it doesn't sound great, or it doesn't sound as good as you do now because you've got 40 episodes under your belt then yes kyle has it as well you maybe you were using a yeti improperly talking into the top of it uh and now you don't, know how don't to use shame it. the yeti <laughs> yeah don't shame the yeti it's a good mic <laughs> and so uh you might want to go back and listen to your intro and then listen to how you come in and go is there a huge difference because again it's one of those things where when you put really good audio next to audio that's like it, it tends to stand out a bit more. And I heard one this week that I was like, wow. And I even said, I said, hey, just for the record, you kind of sound like you're in the bathroom on your intro. I thought it was a great intro, but I didn't even notice it until you came in and you were right in my ears. And I was like, you might want to go back and redo your intro. And the intro was great. It just it just didn't sound good. So they didn't need to reword it or anything like that. It was it explained what the show was and then um, why you should listen to the website and all that stuff. But I was like, eh. when you came in, I was like, wow, that sounds a whole lot better. So I kind of wonder sometimes if people are missing the opportunity to listen to their own podcast through through their own ears. Like, go back. I think sometimes we do the edits and we stitch it together and then we publish it and we think we're done. And and I think a couple of days later, you got to come back and re-listen to that and say, hey, in my car, does this all, does this make sense in my car? Because if it doesn't make <laughs> oh. sense in your car, right? Yeah, or are the volume levels the same? Are we, you know, are we? So I think I think a lot of podcasters because they don't like to listen to their own voice because editing is a chore. The last thing they want to do is listen to their finished work, and I think that is the single greatest missed opportunity for podcasters to learn and grow. Just go back and listen to your own stuff, not the same day, but a couple days later. Give it. For some reason, there's something weird about our brain that resets when we sleep at night. 
give it a couple sleepies, like get, get, get through a few nights and then come back around to it and listen to it again. Um, and, and if you're doing that, great. But if you're not, mm, that may be something you want to add to your, your routine just so you hear yourself. We're going to have fun. Today is April 23rd, 2022. What were Dave and Jim doing on April 24th, 2021? Well, it sounded like this. He thought maybe. I hit play. This podcast is brought to you by the School of Podcasting. Okay, you let's, the coupon code let's slow us down. You, you got, the, school of you got the speed thing set, right? Um, when you hear podcasting, think School of Podcasting. Here we go. Ask the podcast coach for April 24th, 2021. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music. It means it's Saturday. It's time for Sounds a lot like this week. Coach, where you get your podcast Here, let's, let's skip the intro. Dot co. No, let's skip that. Dot co. And uh, that was interesting because that might get you around GDPR. But I was like, you wait a minute. Slurp. This is I Apple. Did. So you're not going to get any personal information from any of your subscribers. But you can basically go in. And I also wondered, like, what happens if you have a free program with an RSS feed? And then you have this paid program, which is hosted. This is so meta. Apple. That phrase makes Dave me nervous. Dave and Jim are listening like, to Dave and Jim. How is it going to then? I like how it. Are you going to get both? Is it going to? I will give us one credit. We're, we went right into a topic. Like we did our. Yeah, we get know, there. We get there pretty yeah. fast. The other thing yeah, I, I notice on this fun. show, especially because I'm doing so much stuff, is I can get a little roomy sounding because I've got a compressor on and I'm doing this and I'm moving my mouth and I'm looking yeah. at different screens. So there are times when I'm like, I hear a f- not a lot of room noise, but that is something to do. Go If you've been doing it more than a year, go listen to a year ago. And there have been times when, especially with interviews, there are times when I'll listen and I didn't ask the question that I think my listener wanted, like a, like a follow-up question, like somebody be saying something. I'll be like, oh, I bet I asked this question now because that person just said that. And instead I went on to the next question. I was like, oh, where's the follow-up, Dave? Come on. But it's a great thing. If you think about it, uh, Tiger Woods watches his swing. You know, he's always analyzing that. Um, I know um, I was watching a documentary on the Foo Fighters and they watched themselves on stage you know, it's just anytime you can review yourself, there's always room for improvement. So that's what I do. I, I went back the other day. I was doing an interview. We had um, Arthur Brooks. He's an author and, and best-selling author in a bunch of books. And we were interviewing him. And I wanted to go back the next day and just, again, to just critique how I did. And um, because I'm producing and asking questions and trying to manage the chat room, my eyes are off camera a lot. Right. And viewing it through my eyes of watching me do this, I was, and while he was talking, I was distracted. Obvious. Now I'm listening at the same time. So it's not like I'm not listening, but it doesn't look like I'm listening. You know, and I was like, uh, for some people who don't know, for the audience that, I mean, first of all, our YouTube audience is pretty small. You know, it's a hundred times our our podcast audience is a hundred times bigger. So I don't worry about it too much. Most people are just listening to the audio. Listen, I know that I can do both at the same time because I'm off. I'm looking off screen and I'm shaking my head as they're talking because I'm listening to them and you know and doing something else. But man, from an engagement perspective, watching the video, I was like, man, I look kind of disinterested. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't. I mean, I come back to it and I you know I engage in it. But I've got so many other things going on. So 
it is a, you know, I don't know if there's much I can do about that, but I know it, <laughs> right? I know, I know it because I went back and did the work. I did my homework and I went back and watched myself do it. So I think there's some good benefit in, in going back and you got to give it a couple days, friends, yeah. maybe a week or in Dave's case, even a year. I don't think there's done anything wrong with that. I do find when I listen to myself, I listen to so many podcasts sped up. When I listen to myself in real time, I am like, can you go faster? Because <laughs> you're slow. But I'm, I'm, it's just because I'm used to the, you know, the smart speed on overcast speeding everything up for me. So yeah. there's, there's that. But yeah, go back and listen to your stuff. Gary says he uses a teleprompter to show the person I'm speaking yeah. to. So that's, that's yeah. a cool thing. Um, yeah, well, except in this case, I have chat and some other notes and some other things going on, and it would be hard. I've tried to do use a teleprompter for that and for just the person, so it looks like I'm just looking at them. I'm, I'm not saying this is wrong, Gary. It's just that for me, I've got I have too many things to look at while I'm doing it. But it's a great idea. It's a good way to do it. And then Vagan is asking, uh, or Vagan PT, uh, Auphonic? Yes, please. It's a great tool. Yes. The yeah, only you thing, should always run it through Alphonic. Yeah, Alphonic is great if you have a guest and you're not on separate tracks and you want to have, like, your guest is much louder than you are or vice versa. It will level them out. The only problem I run into with Alphonic is breathing. If you have somebody who's got great mic technique and they're right on the mic, but they also, you know, will say it will make it just like all of a sudden they're breathing and it's, it's you know, I don't remember interviewing Darth Vader but that's the only it, it thing did I, that to me on this show did yeah. that to me. I would breathe. I'd get close. I'd breathe or I do that yeah. and it would amplify it. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't use it as much as I used to. Cause number one, if you record things properly, you kind of don't need to. And what I've been using, let me pull it up on the screen. There are a couple things. In fact, I just found uh, because of the school of podcasting, one of the members brought this up. So, let me share my screen, and I will talk about for those listening later. A plugin, if you've never played with plugins, it's uh, they're pretty fun. Uh, they're really easy. I love Hindenburg for this because Hindenburg looks for plugins when it fires up. In Audacity, you have to copy a file and paste it into a Audacity folder and then go in to the effects and view your effects and enable it. So it's not hard. You only have to do it once. But the one I've been using is from Waves, and it's called WLM Plus. And I'll put a link to this out at askthepodcastcoach.com slash 388. And I love the fact that they have one from Mike Russell, the guy from Music Radio Creative, called Podcast Loudness and Limiter. So what it basically does is it sets it, I want to say, for like minus 14. But it also has a compressor that's pushing it pretty hard. So you're, you've got this loud signal coming in and then a limiter chopping it off. And it's actually pretty cool. There are other things in here that you can, they have a bunch of presets. Like there's an Apple podcast minus 16 and call me a rebel. I like minus 14 because, well, I'm a rebel and I'm deaf and minus four. The, the other fun thing is if you haven't done it yet, export something at minus 16 and then export something at minus 14. And I guarantee you, you're going to go, Wait, that's what we're arguing over? The difference is so little. So there's that. I also use a plugin called Shep's Omnichannel, which is, and this is kind of what I use a lot. It's a compressor. It's a noise gate. It's a de-esser. 
Uh, and the thing I love about this is you can actually solo the DSer, so you can hear it like I'm trying to find the most annoying. And when I find the most annoying bandwidth, I go, that's it. And then I go, take it out. So that's kind of what I do that. And then there's an EQ. So I can come in here and bass uh, low, mid, and high. And that's this basically, I used to have a, a DBX 286. It was a piece of hardware. This does that. And then um, a member of the School of Podcasting turned me on to this thing. I just got it last night called Speechy. And what it is, is it's a compressor, which can be, uh, there's aggressive and transparent. It's got a de-esser. It's got a denoiser. So if you have a bunch of hiss, it'll take that out. It's got a deplosive. The deplosive kind of works. So if you have somebody with popping P's and B's, it kind of takes them down, but it doesn't take them out. I love their noise gate. You just go, hey, anything, here's, here's the threshold, and then here's how much you want to remove it. It's got down here, uh, it's called Sexy Love End is the bottom end. So this is bass, middle, and treble. And then if you want to go advanced, there is more bass, middle, and treble over here. And then they call the ugly, ugly frequency control. So these are the, the frequencies. And you can boost and take them out. It's pretty cool. It's about 60 bucks, So it's not cheap uh, because it's at it's something like audio never dies or hold on. It's uh, let me find this. Never die audio. I'm going to guess.co.uk or if you just search for speechy, S P E A C H Y. But I was playing with it last night and it is one of those things. And this is one of the, the things you have to be careful when you get a new toy. Cause Jim, you can attest to this. When I got my 286, Jim's like, you're rattling the fillings out of my tonsils because I cranked the bass way up and this and that. So this is where you have to be careful not to overcompensate because I have this interview that I'm editing. And I was listening to it, and for whatever reason, I think I did this over Zoom, and there's a spot where she cuts out. And I was like, ah, crap. And I was like, I think I have, I might have done this on Squadcast, too. I don't know why I'm doing this. And make a long story short, I don't, I don't have a copy. This is why I should have recorded this on Squadcast. But I couldn't get this missing half a second. But in the process of listening to the original audio, I went, yeah, I don't know what I did with the speechy thing. But she's not as clear as I went a little too crazy with it. So anytime you get any kind of EQ or compressor or DSer, again, you might want to play with it a little bit before and listen to it in the car and listen to it in headphones and things like that uh, because you can you can get a little crazy with it. So mm-hmm. wait, hold, do my tonsils have fillings? Am I missing something here? Did the- <laughs> I'm thinking you're about. Didn't you used to get fillings back in the day? <laughs> My tonsils? Oh, your tonsils. Yeah, no. You said, you said, rat, r- yeah, you said rattle the fillings out of my, my tonsils. tonsils. Yeah, that's not going to work. What? No, it's just funny. It was just funny. We've been having a, a little conversation in the chat room about looking on and off screen, you know, yeah. and this this dreaded desire to, have to be looking into the camera or looking away. And I'm just not convinced, at least in the style of podcasting I do, I'm just not convinced I can do it. Um, it, because I'm, you know, I'm looking at the chat room. I'm trying to manage all the things that are going on. In some cases for the guest, the guest may say something on my shows. The guest may say something and I want to bring up a, a website to do it. And I'm a big ultra wide monitor and the left half of it is the podcasting side and the right half of it's the work, um, you know, kind of the work center, so to speak of where I'm doing websites and managing the chat and all those things. I have to look off. I mean, 
I know this is a shocker, but I have to look off screen to see the chat. Yeah. Like I couldn't drag the chat to the camera. I can't do that, right? So um, I think uh, Adam had said the the PlexiCam, which I've tried. And <laughs> the PlexiCam allows you to place the webcam in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Except on StreamYard, we're moving around all the time because yeah. you might share your screen, right? Some of those kinds of things. The other thing I found with the PlexiCam, I, I tried it and returned it, is I start looking around it. You know, I start doing this kind of thing because it's in my way (laughs) of something, you know, even though you can see through it, you can't really see through it. Like you can, but you can't. So you're, 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 and I know there's a whole bunch of, there's a, there's one that drops down and it's got the, you know, so it's got a little skinny arm and it's got a little dot in the middle and stuff like that. But I, even if I had it dead center on you, I need to look away. I'm, for this show, I need to look away at the chat room and I'm not going to drag. If I've got to look over to the chat and drag it over and drag it back. Yeah. That, that just doesn't, that just doesn't work for me. So I, we're well, going to have to get, uh, I'm, people are going to have to get over it. I'm going to have to get over it. Well, and Adam makes a great point. Joe Rogan rarely looks into the, now if you watch Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is focused on one thing and that is the guest across the yeah. table on occasion. It'd be like whatever his sidekick is like, Hey, see if you can find a video on that. Which is always fun because on one hand, it looks like Joe is very much going for an audio first podcast because he's really focused on the guest until somebody puts something on YouTube and then you get to listen to Joe go, oh, wow. Oh, did you see that? I'm like, you do, you do know this is an audio show, right, Joe? Look at that. Holy cow. Oh, gee. You're like, okay, great. We're listening to Joe watch something. That's not fun. And then somebody else had, Gabrielle had uh, um, something about, why do I need all those plugins? I don't know. I saw that in there somewhere. Yeah. Why do I need all of those when using Hindenburg? I guess Hindenburg doesn't solve all the problems. No, um, I don't. I have done a podcast once with a Audio Technica 2100 straight into Hindenburg and nobody noticed. I, I said it at the end of the show. I said, oh, by the way, I'm not using any fancy plugins. I use the equalizer. I use the noise removal thingy. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a sickness is what it is. We all want to sound better. And yet nobody's saying, Hey Dave, your show sounds like crap. Keep that in mind. I just bought a plug in and nobody has said, yeah, your show sounds like crap. It's just one of those things we like to play with. I think for me, so it can sound good. You can all, like I said, you can also make stuff sound really bad. I mean, I overdid it when I first got my, uh, I had that piece of hardware, the 286 and Jim was like, I had somebody else. They're like, dude, you're rattling the windows in my car. What are you doing? I used to listen to uh, The Real Brian. on. Uh, he did a show about podcast monetization. And man, that guy loved bass. And he sounded great, but it was all warm. But it was like, it was a little too much. But, you know, so you don't need all these plugins. You don't need a $400 microphone. It's, you know, it's like anything, any other hobby, I guess. Yeah. You, you yeah. buy little things, so... Um, Stefan asked me, he said, have I tried two screens top and bottom and putting the screen in the middle? And not only have I tried that, I've tried four screens with it in the middle of the, of this. And then I've even tried putting the camera like two screens and putting the screen I'm supposed to be looking at, uh, in the middle of the break of the two screens. So, so the camera's right there. The problem is not looking at the camera. The problem is I have other things I have to look at. <laughs> Like I have a chat room and I've got websites I need to bring up. So it doesn't matter where in, in, a, in that kind of setting. I really need an AI component 
that is constantly just making, if I, if I wanted to do this, it would be making my face look at the, like, it making, making me look like I'm looking at the camera all the time, even though I'm not, right? You know, so if when I turn my head, the, the screen would make it look like I'm not turning my head. So it's not a, it's not a guest cam, it's not a camera location problem. It's a need. I can't just sit here. I'm not a newscaster. I'm not reading script. I can't just sit here and, and, and do that. I think a lot of people have this problem when they're, when they're podcasting and trying to do video. Well, and, and this show is definitely an audio first show. Definitely. For sure. It's, for sure. it's yeah. like, if you want to watch sure. the video, it's great, but you're going to be watching me do this a lot where I'm looking at Jim mm-hmm. on the screen. I'm not looking at, mm-hmm. at you. I'm mm-hmm. looking at Jim and Jim does a good job of that. Cause he'll see me like fiddling with something and he'll just know, okay, I got to vamp because Dave's got cables up to his elbows yeah. and or something yeah. or or whatever. And so there's a thing too, and that helps communication. I can look at Jim and kind of tell when he's making his final point on something, and that's just verbal communication. So you do that, and I I too am looking at the chat room. So it was weird. I got interviewed on TV. It was a cable access show explaining what podcasting was, and I had sticky notes on my monitors that just had a big arrow that said, look at camera. And it was weird because yeah. the the guest was asking me questions, but I just treated her like she was in another room. And the whole time I just stared at the camera and answered the yeah. questions. And it was like, I, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a different skill and it's, it's hard to do two things at once. And so for me, this is an audio first show. And so if you're tired of watching me look at the screen, then it's a little creepy when you look at the screen that way. Yeah. Like I'm so used to seeing you like this. <laughs> When you're actually looking at the screen, yeah. like, is he staring into my soul? <laughs> <laughs> Does he know something about me? The other thing I could use is a camera that would just follow my eyes. That would be fantastic. So it would be on a gimbal of some kind. And as I'm looking around the screen, can you imagine how terrible that would be if the camera was moving to follow your eyes as opposed to it just, you know, it would be awful. So I'm, I'm just kidding. Gabrielle is asking about Hindenburg. So we're going to do another fun sharing of the screen here. What you can do, Hindenburg is not an interface. So you could use something like the PodTrack P4 and connect your computer to this and then uh, have it go to Hindenburg. And in your case, you're saying Ecamm. In our case, we're using StreamYard. So we're looking at Hindenburg and I'm going to go in here and say, hey, listen to the roadcaster over here. And then I think, I don't know if this is going to work and this may make an echo for Jim. I'm going to say record other applications and I'm going to arm them both. And in theory, you can see when I'm talking here on my track, it's, we've got little blinking lights. Jim, if you talk, I'm saying one, two, three, four. Yeah. So when I hit record now, you'll see where I'm on track one in the top of Hindenburg, and we've got a wave file that's going there as I talk. And when I say, Jim, what did you have for breakfast? Mm, I had shredded wheats. There you go. So shredded wheat or shredded wheats? I think it's shredded wheat. Well, now is that just like one one little block? Oh, I had the I, strawberry ones. No, they were the, the mini sh- strawberry. Say I shredded ate shredded wheat. wheat. I, yeah, wheat sounds weird, but it's we, definitely not. It's not. It's more than one square. Like, the old ones, though, were one square, and that right. would fill you up for a month. Yeah. So you can see when we're talking, I'm on the top row and Jim is on the back, and yet we're still going to StreamYard. So 
That's the now that is a Hindenburg Pro thing, and Hindenburg Pro is not cheap, but you can buy it. That's the thing I like about Hindenburg. You can do the whole rent to you know do thing, but uh, you could connect to your P4. Yeah. So basically, I'm connected to a Rodecaster. This does everything the Rodecaster does, minus the fun little noise gatey big bottom, you know, sound stuff. So if I wanted to turn my sound stuff off, uh, I could go audio processing. This is what I sound like without audio processing. So I, I definitely lost some bottom end there. And this is this is what I sound like with it on. So it doesn't do that. The P4 does not do any kind of audio processing, which we just saw with plugins you can do after the fact. This is a little over 200 bucks. And if I remember right, the Roadcaster is around five. It's been a while, but um, this does the same thing that the Roadcaster does without the the analytics. And I used it this week. I got to record. I I did an in-person interview. That's the first thing I've done in a a long time where I uh, plugged – I had uh, me and three policemen from the Akron Policemen. So I plugged them in here, and we did an in-person interview. So uh, it was uh, fun, and yet my living room now looks like a, a audio bag came in and exploded because uh, an audio bag came in and exploded. Basically, I was like, I need the cables, and I can't find my mic stands. I'm so used to doing things virtually that when I had to do something in person, I was like, Oh wait, where's my stuff? Yeah. Now that you've cleaned up your desk, you can't find it. I can't find. I still don't know. I have an Aura ring. This is one of those little. It's like an Apple Watch. It tracks yeah. your stuff. Yeah. And I my Aura ring charger is right here. And not uh, anymore. Not anymore. It's not. <laughs> That's always fun. The P4 only does 45.1, one uh, kilohertz. Yes, it does. And this is another one. Record at 48, then record at 44.1, export them both, name them. You know, this is the 44.1. And tell me if you really hear that much of a difference. It, to, to me, it's, if there is, it's meh. I've never done that, but I know the, the if idea. If you don't like it, don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the Roadcaster does 48K. And there are, that's one of those things that there are people that will, you know, that is the hill they're going to die on. What? Do, how dare you? 44 1. <laughs> no. It's good to know, though. It, it is good to know yeah. going into the purchase if you wanted the, yeah. if you wanted it differently and you bought it for that reason. I mean, it is a good thing to know. Yeah. And from what I understand, if you're going to be working with video, that's where recording at 48 somehow makes it easier to sync your audio to the video. And that's as much mm-hmm. as I know about it. So I just know if I'm doing audio stuff or video stuff, I try to record. Yeah, and I don't, I don't ever try to sync audio and video. That's just, that's well beyond my it's area not that expertise. Hard. It's, I know, but I just don't. It's want to. I've, I've yeah. done it a few times where I've had things that just went horrible. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I recorded yeah. on the Roadcaster and I'll. I'll bring it in and yeah. go to town, but I'm a super lazy iMovie user now. <laughs> and so like, I just not, I'm not gonna, the, the most I do is add B roll <laughs> into the, what well, that's, that's, I think I'm fancy when I'm fading and adding B roll. There so you go. It's not, uh, yeah. well, it's just not for me. The other thing, let's end on a low note. Um, <laughs> they, they, they've been saying, I forget, I think it was the LA times did a story that Facebook is losing interest in podcasting. We've already heard that the Google podcast team is getting smaller and smaller, and we're not sure if there actually is a Google podcast team. And Spotify 
keeps announcing things, and then they don't do them. So, like, they announced the, remember Spotify Green Room was going to be this, like, clubhouse thing, and then they came up with this fund. They put all this money in a fund that was going to be distributed to people using the, yeah, they didn't do any of that. So yeah. they're, they're really, their reputation, because it's happened multiple times, of just saying things to make them, Spotify is going to give everyone a free puppy and $1,000. And you're like, I love this company. And then they never do it. And you're like, oh, I, 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 but what about the puppy? I wanted, you know, I, th- I want. I think, Dave, if you look at these announcements, announcements <laughs> if you look at these announcements and you correlate them to when other things are announced i think oftentimes you'll find that this is these are companies like spotify or google who have jumped on the bandwagon so to speak so you know uh let's just say like clubhouse comes out and then everybody in it gets wildly popular oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden everybody if you if you track the announcements google oh we're gonna have a we're, we're going to do something with audio and then Twitter, we're going to do a Facebook, we're going to do something. And they all say these things. And then they start spinning up the initiative to do it internally. By the time they get that thing rolling, yeah. by the time they've hired some folks or they've moved some people off of other teams, um, Clubhouse is dead. And then they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> but they don't say we're not going to do it anymore. Right. They just, it just fades off into the sunset. And it's amazing spaces is even working. Twitter spaces. It's still, it's amazing that is even still working. Right. Because, I mean, we're, listen, we're way past the peak of Clubhouse at this point. And that's Twitter's, this was Twitter's answer to Clubhouse. And so you, you just, so I think you have to, you have to know, this is why we never hear about it again, is because they just made the announcement to cover themselves. And maybe they thought, maybe it will be a thing. And maybe they spun it up internally. And then they start really looking at it and they're like, oh yeah, this is not, there's no ROI here. We're just going to quietly, they're, listen, nobody ever announces they're quitting. They always announce they're starting. They never announce they're quitting. And so it's, it's unless you're in Steon. But when, even in that case, they didn't. But well, you just, you, you get, you know. Yeah, that's it. You, the Go key ahead. point is, like you said, everybody jumped on that because of Clubhouse. Oh, for sure. And for um, sure. now they're yeah, saying sure. that you can, you know, Spotify has video asterisks <laughs> yeah. for, for, if you're using Anchor. And the, from what oh we've seen, God. That even if you submit your, from what I'm hearing, the only place that video is going to show up is in Spotify. Of course. So, of course. Hey, 2003 called. They want their video podcasts back. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Spotify? Like, yeah. that's, that's really a new thing. Oh, we can do videos now. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like we've been doing that for a while, friends. And it was so cool because Elsie released a video about a week before explaining how you can do a video podcast. It's been around since 2004. Many of the apps don't really display it or do that whole nine yards, but you know, and then Spotify comes out, we do video and we're like, yeah, we, we just announced it's been around first ever and the best first ever and the best. Really? Is that really true? (laughs) Like you just, it's like, well, okay. We're in this phase with all the big, with all the big folks where marketing spin is just out of control. Right, every oh, yeah. number one in podcasting. I think that's iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio right? always the, right. They're like, and we're number one. Maybe they are. So to justify all these purchases and expenditures, they gotta say things like this. So there we there we go. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun uh, times. What was that again? First time and the best. Yes, it, to me, it sounds like a new Disney movie. You love Beauty and the Beast. Wait till you see first one and the best, starring iHeartRadio and Spotify. Yeah. 
I, I love the fact I have a, a picture from Podcast Movement where it's they had built like a bar in the iHeart booth, an actual bar. It was like number one in podcasting. And then I went to Tom Webster's presentation and um, they're not number one in podcasting. I was, I was <laughs> like, hmm. Well, listen, in their own universe, they're number right. one in podcasting. Yeah. When we compare ourselves to ourselves, Selves. we're yeah. number one in podcasting. <laughs> we're the number one app called iHeart. Yes. That is correct. Uh, Jim, what is coming up on uh, Home Gadget Geeks? Yeah, good friend of the show, Rich Hay, who just uh, became a Microsoft employee and is working on their community management program there, which is super cool because oftentimes as podcasters, and I know for my job, I'm a community manager as well. And so we just catch up with Ray, uh, uh, with with Rich, a great conversation uh, available here in a little bit at homegadgetgeeks.com. And on the School of Podcasting, it is the question of the month time. In this month's question is, if you find a new podcast and you're like, oh, I got to subscribe to this, would you have to quit listening to another podcast to make room in your schedule? So that's the, the question of the month coming out. And of course, we'll be here next Saturday with another fun-filled episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. We'll see you later. 